Welcome to the Founder Story Podcast, where we learn from entrepreneurs about their journey from their first inspiration to their first employee, and even the steps they took to become the powerhouses they are today. Welcome back to another episode, everybody. My name is Rick Porter. I am your host, and today we are joined by Allison Barbera from Allison Barbera Beauty. They are they do a little bit of everything, which we'll dive into, but makeup, hair for weddings, film and TV, photo shoots, and I'm sure a whole bunch of others. So I'm going to let you get into it. Why don't you, uh, welcome to the show, first off. How about I start there? Welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I um, warned you ahead of time, I'm the world's worst host, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about your company and what it looks like today? Um, okay, so it's Allison Barbera Beauty. We're based out of Newport, Rhode Island. We do primarily um, wedding hair and makeup. We also do some work for TV, commercials, photo shoots. We don't do as much film anymore, but we used to do that. Um, but a big part of our work is wedding on-site, wedding hair and makeup. Love it. I don't know if you know this or not, but fun fact, as we were doing research for this show, um, do you know you have your own IMBD listing? Yes, I do. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I felt like we were bringing uh, a celebrity in, oh, in, <laughs> into the show today. <laughs> um, so that's great. So the founder story, we are all about hearing your story. So let's take us back to the very beginning, right? Before before you got into this, tell us a little bit about your childhood or, or your adolescence and, and what made you decide that this was the right industry for you, never mind being your own boss. So I grew up in Worcester um, and I had two games that I loved playing when I was little, those kind of make-believe games, and they were a makeup artist and small business owner. Can I interrupt you already? Mm-hmm. My daughter's obsessed with two games exactly like that today (laughs) and she says she's going to do one of two things one she'll be a baker or she's going to be what she calls a fashionista Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's how she gets started too Mm -hmm. she's playing those games yep I always I did makeup on all my friends when I was little or pretend makeup and then real makeup when I was allowed to and I had a little office kit where I had kind of notepads to write notes to my parents who called when you were out and you know uh, (laughs) just little office accessories and I loved it and so I always did that And then my first real job was when I was 15, my father opened a real estate company in Worcester, and he hired me as his administrative assistant. He gave me business cards for my 16th birthday that said, Allison Barbera, administrative assistant. I passed them out in high school. So I always kind of had that that. that small business feel. Uh, I always loved that. And I saw firsthand how he ran his business. And for a long time, I said, I never want to open a business. I see how hard it is. You don't get any benefits. You don't have vacation. You don't have all these things. It's all the responsibility is on you. And then I opened my own business. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that. What what made you make that shift into saying, yeah, I do want to open my own business? Yeah, so I went to college in Rhode Island, and I didn't really have any plan of what I was going to do. I was actually selling real estate here in Worcester at the time. Um, I thought I might do that when I graduated, realized I didn't like it. I moved down to Florida for a couple years. I was an office manager, administrative assistant. Came back up to Massachusetts, did a little bit more of the same, and said, one day I was like, I hate what I'm doing. I'm 25, I'm miserable, I wake up every day and I hate going to work. I need to find something that I love. And I was complaining to a friend about it, and she said, Allie, why don't you do makeup? Like, you've always loved doing makeup, you've done it on all of us, why don't you be a makeup artist? And there's something called aesthetic school that you can go to, I've never heard of it. It's for kind of skincare, waxing, makeup, that kind of thing. And I looked into it, and I decided, this is what I'm going to do, this will make me happy. So I moved back to Rhode Island, back to Newport, where I went to college, got licensed there, and decided to open my own company. That's the short version. So, I, and I love that. So now the the question I always have, because I, you know, I think when most entrepreneurs talk about their story, it gets to a point where they said, "So I just opened my own company." Yeah. 
And I want to I want to talk about what went through that decision because yet so you went to school you became a licensed esthetician. Why not go to work for somebody else? What made you decide to open your own business? Well, I did an internship while I was in school with a makeup artist, a local makeup artist, and I realized pretty early on that I can't have someone over my shoulder telling me how to do something that's so creative and artistic. It's going to kill my love and my passion for it. So I kind of realized during that internship, oh, I'm going to have to do this on my own. Makes so sense. I, yeah, I actually went out. I started thinking I'd work with someone else. I wanted to do uh, makeup for film. So I had this crazy idea that I could do films during the week and weddings during the weekend working for someone else, which is insane. And, and burning the candles at both yeah. ends. And I did it, and that's how I know it's insane, because <laughs> I did start to do that. But yeah, so working for someone else, doing that internship, I realized this is not going to work for me. I'm going to be just as unhappy as I was in my previous job, so I have to do this on my own. I love it. So, you know, to an extent, I, I think you might have even have a little bit of a head, you know, a head start on some entrepreneurs that are going off on their own because you have experience. Um, you, you've witnessed your dad run a phenomenal business as well. Um, you got to work side by side with him as that administrative assistant. I actually, um, I read an article online where you were quoted as saying one of the first jobs you ever wanted to do was be a professional organizer. So I think you had those organizational skills, which is huge. You know, I think that's a huge, um, hugely important trait for a lot of entrepreneurs. So you have, I'll call him, your dad is almost like a mentor. You have some other skills that, that align. What else do you think contributed to your success? Because I would think there's a lot of estheticians, licensed estheticians that opened up their own businesses and, and went to work and, and probably didn't find the same success as you. I have a strong need for freedom and for making my own schedule. And I knew that if I worked for someone else, I was going to be under their direction. They were going to control my schedule, which is kind of your life in a way. And I couldn't, I couldn't have that. So I did whatever I could to be out of that situation. I did work uh, full-time my first two years in business. I worked for someone else as an office manager. That was my pay-the-bills job and while well, I built my business. So I at least had some stability there. I needed that. I, I couldn't go 100% at first because I'm, I'm too nervous of a person to... <laughs> I'm not that risky with uh, with finances, but that was the right path for me. I know it's not the right path for everyone, but to kind of have that those first two years, have that safety net, and then build my business from there. And I did work for, it wasn't just my father. I mean, he was fantastic, but I also worked for a lot of, a lot of other small businesses. So I learned QuickBooks. I learned how to you know, write emails professionally and, and talk to clients and schedule. And all these little admin jobs I had had along the way helped me get to the point where I felt confident opening a business. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that, you would have been successful if you didn't do those things first? Or do you think they play a, a huge role in, in your success? I think they play a huge role in my success. And, and part of, at least based on my company's reviews and what people tell us in terms of feedback from clients, is that the organization and the communication and the responsiveness are part of why they booked with us and why they had such a good experience. And those are things I learned at previous jobs. So I am grateful for all those jobs and those horrible bosses and you know those miserable <laughs> days I had because I learned great things from all those jobs that helped me be the business owner that I am. Absolutely. So you're, you're in business for yourself now, right? Part-time, right? You're working as an office manager. You're starting to build your clientele, your book of business, your reputation. Um, how did you make the decision to transfer or, or when did you make that decision to transfer from having that full-time and doing it on the side to this is my full-time gig now? It was kind of made for me. I was working as an office manager for a construction company, and they were kind of starting to close as my film career was taking off. So they let me take off a month to do uh, work on a film. I would just come in at night and do payroll and different things. And then they really started to shut down, and my business started to take off at the same time where I thought, like, 
well, I actually might be able to go out on my own. So it w- kind of happened at the same time. Um, it just was really good timing. Not that I didn't struggle for a little bit after that, but that business was closing. I had nowhere else to go. But also I started to have enough clients that, to think maybe I can actually do this full time. Now, when you were able to make that full time switch and so we'll, I'll use the word forced, right? You were kind of forced to say, hey, all right, there goes plan B is kind of out the window a little bit. So now I'm, I'm solely focused on plan A. Did you see exponential growth right away because you, dedic- you were able to dedicate more time or, or was it? a continuous struggle while you continue to build that book. I call it struggle city for the first (laughs) five years of my business, really. So the first two years I was working full time for other people. And then there was three years of struggle city where it was just hustling and trying to, (laughs) trying to make money and grow my business. And it was really difficult, but each quarter I could see growth and I could see that we were, that the company was growing and we were getting somewhere and that I should stick with it. But it, it was really, it was difficult at first. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. So as you're building your, your reputation and which, you know, for the listeners, I, you, from our research, you have a phenomenal reputation. That's one of the reasons why we also wanted you on the show. Um, I don't think I found anything less than a five-star review on anything. And those are e- including independent sites for, you know, w- weddings and things like that. So you obviously had a great reputation. Um, how do you how, how do you expand and, and grow the business? Is it bringing on other artists and, and, and things like that? Or what, what was the growth plan look like for you? Yeah, so around year three, I realized that I was turning down as many weddings as I was doing as one person, as one wow. makeup artist. So I said, oh, I have to bring on another makeup artist. I knew I wanted to go the independent contractor route after talking to my attorney and accountant. So I found someone who did makeup, but she also did hair. So I said, well, we should offer hair, too. Originally, my company's name was Alice and Barbera Makeup Artistry. But then I had someone who did makeup and hair, and I thought we should offer both because we're just referring out for hair every time. Most people want to book hair and makeup together. Um, So she did hair and makeup, so we started taking on hair clients, too. And then she knew someone who was looking for work for hair, so we brought her on, and I realized... We have work for her and another person, another person, and I just kept hiring. So it was—it really came from the place of me saying, I can't clone myself. I need to bring on someone else. And then realizing I need to bring on a lot of other people, actually. Sure. sure. So as you start to bring on more and more people, right, and that usually brings a lot of challenges with it as well, whether that's leadership challenges or personnel challenges. Um, did you find yourself running into any of those challenges as well? I did. I did. I've, I've had a few tough ones, but I mean, I have people who have been with me for eight or nine years, some of them out of 12 years in business. So it's, it's mostly worked out. I'm not going to say there haven't been any challenges there, but luckily having been an office manager and admin assistant, I had seen a lot of the personnel. When you're front desk, you see everything. Everything goes by <laughs> you. So I had seen how different people handled personnel problems, maybe my supervisors, and I learned from them. Um, my mother was uh, ran a school here in Worcester for special needs. Um, children and adults, and she had helped me a lot with personnel issues. So I I have this great family of business consultants, right? I have my father, a business owner. My brother runs a small business. My mother ran a school. So they really helped me with that kind of thing. Um, So she was was a huge help with the personnel issues. I love it. Um, I always ask this question. I know it's a vague question, sometimes a hard one to answer. But, you know, as you look back on your founder's story and and everything that you've gone through in building your business, is there – any one thing that you look back on and you say, hey, that was absolutely crucial to get my business where it is today? Yes. So when I opened my business, it was 2008. And this was before, 
Yeah, we obviously already right. That's a tough time already. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Open during recession. But luckily, it was the time when people, everyone started getting their hair and makeup done for weddings. Before that, you used to just go to a salon and maybe get your hair done or your cousin did it. But I, I came in at the right time in terms of weddings. But um, so I had my website built then. And then I never really updated it. So I, I think it was 2000, I want to say 13 or 14. I don't remember. We realized my website wasn't mobile friendly. So when, in 2008, it didn't really need to be. People weren't going on their phones. I don't even know if that was a term. You would know better than me. Yeah. But we redid my website, made it mobile friendly, and it was almost like overnight, I got two or three times the amount of wedding inquiries I had gotten. Everything kind of blew up, and that was the big change. I wish I had done it two years before because I think I'd be in an even better <laughs> position now. Um, but I'm glad that we – because I didn't know. That's not my – you know, I, that's that's not my thing. I don't know how that stuff works, but – we did that, and it kind of changed everything. So that's one of the turning points to me in my business was making my website mobile friendly. Makes sense. Sounds easy, but <laughs> yep, but uh, it, it it clearly isn't. And and I think that in certain industries, it's those little small tweaks that can make a major difference. I love it. So, um, it's not two thousand eight when you when you're first getting started, but it's two thousand twenty, and it feels like we're probably in a very similar situation all over again. So the hardest question uh, to answer for a lot of people right now is what does the future look like? It's very hard to answer that question right now. Do you have plans for the future? Do you have a vision for where you want to be in your yeah. company? Yes. Well, my, I mean, our calendar for next year, we, 2020 was supposed to be our busiest, biggest year ever. And this is pretty much across the wedding industry, but specifically for my company, about 90% of our weddings postponed or canceled, most of them postponed to 2021. And then we took new bookings. So as of right now, our next year looks amazing. Insane. Yeah, <laughs> insane. Insane is a better way of putting it. In a good way. Insane in a good way. I'm hoping that it stays that way. Yeah, it's it's so uncertain right now. Um, my plan is to just keep doing what I'm doing, provide the customer service that we do, continue to do great hair and makeup and... I guess to hope that I, we really don't have any control for us. It's all about group sizes sure. right now. So until those group size numbers go up to 150 so people can have weddings, um, things are a little different for us. But yeah, my plan is to just keep doing what I'm doing and to try to have a positive attitude about it and Absolutely. hope that everything works out for next year. Yeah. And who knows, 2021 might end up being your busiest in record history because you're trying to do two years worth of weddings all in one year. Um, which is going to bring challenges in and of itself, right? How do you keep up? How do you keep that organization and customer service? Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. And we can only take so many for each day. So we'll be busier, but we can't really fit two seasons into one. So it's, um, we're going to make it work. I'm getting creative. But systems and organization have been the biggest thing for me. I know exactly when someone, if someone wants to postpone their wedding, it's it's a whole bunch of records and, and you know, um, documentation I have to do on my side. But being organized, having a calendar, keeping my team updated, continuing to do that has made it so much easier. Normally, we get a, maybe we get one wedding cancellation or postponement every two years in sure. a normal time. This has been, you know, 90 wow. of them. So I had to quickly revise our systems and come up with a better way to keep that organized for everyone and for my own sake. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, plain curiosity question as we, we get closer to wrapping everything up. Um, on the TV film side... 
Has this year also seen just as many delays with that type of work, or has that been a little bit more consistent? Yeah, so we don't really do film work much anymore. We do work on a TV show, a PBS show um, in Providence, a couple times a month normally. So January, February, did that as we normally would. It pretty much all stopped in March, and they, they're now doing their shows from home, the hosts. Uh, so we don't have that anymore. It might come back this fall, but... All the other shoots we had lined up, everything got canceled. We had a big shoot for a, um, an Ivy League university that we were going to do in March, a couple weeks. That got canceled. So I think that those things will get rescheduled. I'm seeing some TV um, productions coming back right now, so that's a good sign. Even when you see the late-night shows and things coming back onto sets, that yep. that's a good sign that things could pick up again. But, you know, there'll be a, there's only a few months left of this year. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. Yeah, one of the things I noticed on your website is that you guys do corporate and I never thought about that before. But, yeah, when we do our headshots around here, we probably, I guess, should do some hair and makeup at the same time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about putting on makeup personally, but it would probably make me look a lot better, that's for sure. It's very light. You wouldn't even notice it, and you can wash it right <laughs> off after. <laughs> I love it. Hey, thanks so much for being a guest on our show today. It was really fun hearing your story. Um, pretty unique story. I think it's uh, it's interesting to talk to somebody who started in 2008, and here we are again in 2012, um, and, and they've made through made it through two recessions, right? Um, I, I don't think too many business owners can say that, uh, and you've built yourself a wonderful business. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And guys, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Founder Story Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And don't forget to check out some of the other great stories.